0: On this episode of the Competing for Christ podcast, we are talking about sports fandom, and I wanted to have on Luke Heaton, unpacking at sports ministry's social media director and the co-host, of the Unpacking It podcast to talk about this interesting topic and his perspective on sports fandom, the state of sports right now. Unpacking It Sports Ministries, though, is a sports fan ministry that is is—it's such a great resource for anyone and everyone that loves Jesus and loves sport. And this organization is one of a kind, and it helps sports fans all over that are passionate for Jesus and really helps them connect their faith to the sports that they love. In our conversation today, we talk about how we as Christians and athletes can keep our love for sports in check as, you know, this is such a hard topic to conquer for us that are surrounded by sports and athletics constantly. We also talk about things like NIL, gambling, the idolization of sport, and having Jesus over everything in our lives. I hope you check out the entire episode today, as this was really fun for me, uh, and I know you're going to learn a lot and really love it. Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Luke Heaton. Luke, it's a privilege to have you, sir. How are you doing today?
1: Man, doing great. Excited to chop it up a little bit, talk some sports, some faith. You know, two uh, two great things I love talking about.
0: Yeah, two things that we are very passionate about. Uh, that I have uh, that from what I've learned. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for the conversation uh, and just see where it, where it goes today. But you know, as we jump into it today, what fuels your love for sports and just your love for Jesus and everything like that?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I grew up a huge sports nut. Uh, my whole family is uh, sports fans. My uh, grandfather, longtime basketball coach and athletic director uh, at the high school and junior college level, uh, Birdman Chris Anderson was one of his players, and he was the AD at Blinn College uh, where Cam Newton used to play. So uh, I grew up all around it, and uh, the, the faith side, just really blessed to grow up in a home that Uh, proclaimed the gospel to me at a young age. Um, So I grew up hearing uh, the truth of God's word and uh, what Jesus did for me. And um, I I made the decision uh, to place my faith in Christ when I was eight uh, and been following Jesus uh, very imperfectly and uh, ever since. So yeah, eight years
0: old was uh, when God really grabbed hold of my heart. Very similar as where uh, I got Uh, plugged into my faith very early on in my life. Um, And, you know, a lot of bumps in the road along the way (laughs) for sure. But I think uh, that has always been a part of my life and sports has always been a part of my life. But for you, was your faith ever affected by your love for sports or was your sports ever affected by, you know, your faith? Yeah, I
1: think it's it's a both and. I think God has really shown me over the years how... Me being united to Christ should influence uh, how I interact with sports, uh, both as a player uh, and as a fan, uh, certainly more fan now, as I am uh, no longer much of a, a player in regards to organized sports. But uh, you know, he's really been showing me that, I mean, many times growing up, uh, even now as a sports fan, uh, noticing how... Sports tries tries to influence my faith and a negative uh, aspect, and you know, by God's grace, him him showing me areas where I need to to repent of you know idolatry or uh, performance mindset, um, and then really just the Holy Spirit uh, sanctifying me to to live in my identity as a son of God, as as a as a man united to Christ, and then how that influences not only sports but. Every aspect of my life, and um, but specifically with sports, him really showing me that, especially over the the past
0: few years. I'm so used to calling myself an athlete, even though I'm not. I haven't been an athlete for like a year now. I still like relate in some ways, I guess. But yeah, I'm pretty much a fan uh, now, which is sad. Which is really sad. But like, <laughs> what what sports did you play growing up, and like organized sports, I should say.
1: Yeah, played. Uh, everything, uh, high school was just basketball. Um, there were, I was at a really big high school in, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And unless you were like one of the top 10 athletes, they, they really, uh, funneled you to focus on one sport. Uh, I certainly was not, uh, the cream of the crop in regards to athleticism. So I played basketball and they said, you know what, Luke, you should focus on basketball. Let's, uh, let's not waste time trying (laughs) to play multiple sports. Um, but grew up playing football, <laughs> baseball, soccer, uh, a little bit of tennis, um, but that didn't last very long. Um, so pretty much anything and everything, I wanted to at least try it, but basketball is really what stuck. Yeah, yeah, very
0: well-rounded for sure, but but now um, you are with Unpacking It, uh, which is, I'll let you explain, because uh, it's a really cool just ministry and everything that you guys do. So what is the goal of an Unpacking It, and how, how did it, that even start? Yeah, the, the goal of Unpacking It is to challenge,
1: encourage, and inspire sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like Him. So essentially, it's a ministry for the fan. Um, so, uh, the guy who started, his name is Bryce Johnson. We connected over social media somehow in college. I was working for an a and sports media company called Texags was thinking about what it looked like to get into sports ministry. And somehow he just followed me on Twitter and I saw his profile. I was like, wow, unpacking it. That's cool. And we ended up just talking. I ended up moving to Charlotte for a summer, for a summer internship with him and have just stuck on ever since in, in various roles. But uh, Bryce has been doing it for about 10 years, and just the heartbeat, again, is just, there's a lot of stuff for the athlete. Uh, for example, Fellowship of Christian Athletes is an incredible ministry, Athletes in Action. Um, but Bryce's heartbeat behind unpacking it is, he just noticed that the sports fan was underreached, certainly in in churches in regards to various programs or curriculum that would be related to sports he hadn't he had not noticed that um and his own experience he's a diehard sports fan sports nerd um and which I am also a proud sports nerd no shame there but just being creating opportunities to parallel faith and sports for the fan uh locally in Charlotte where it's based out of uh opportunities for sports fans who are Christians to gather together and be encouraged by one another, and also just have a great time uh, talking about the latest sports headlines. So, yeah, really just how can we encourage and target the sports fan? Uh, because there's a lot of us, um, but in, in, in church ministry, men's ministry, it, it, it can be difficult to know how to really navigate them and, and really, uh, you know, target them in regards to minister opportunities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I came across unpacking it, I was like, wow, this is like a one of a kind thing. Like there's not a whole lot of resources for Christian fans. And yeah, you have the podcast, you have the newsletter that I, I subscribe to. You have so many great resources, uh, to like fantasy football. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but but like, how how what have you learned from doing this and working with unpacking it so far, especially as a as a fan that I mean, as a Christian that loves sports fandom? Yeah, I think the the as as guys grow older,
1: not that I mean, there's there's also women a part of the ministry as well, but it, it's yeah. mostly guys that uh, have been a part of our ministry. So for the sake of the conversation, I'll just focus on uh what I've noticed in in, in guys in uh, in sports fans. But I think the question is, as you get older, how do you navigate sports? As, as a high school athlete, it's, it's all in your life. College, easy to be a sports fan. Uh, even, I mean, I'm 25, and it still it makes sense uh, culturally to be a sports fan. But what about the guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s? Um, they've got careers and kids, um, and they want to prioritize their families. They want to serve in their church. What does it even look like to be a sports fan? Can I be a sports fan? That's a question that we've noticed as well. What does it look like to, I still love sports, but is this something that I can still really pursue and enjoy? And the answer is yes. Uh, Certainly it is not the number one priority, and there are ways where being a sports fan uh, can become unfaithfulness to Christ. Uh, But there's also incredible ways to really enjoy the gift of sports and being a sports fan and also enjoy that with like-minded guys who also love sports and want to be faithful to Jesus in their daily life. So we've just noticed that there's a lot of sports fans out there that just don't know what to do with their sports fandom and to be able to provide them content through sports devotionals or the podcast or local events to meet like-minded sports fans like we have a weekly uh, video call for sports fans all over the country where we spend an hour talking about the latest sports headlines and then we finish off paralleling one of those headlines to faith to leave us feeling encouraged and challenged throughout the rest of the week so it's just those opportunities where guys don't know necessarily what to do with their love for sports they still have and we want to channel that to hey you can be a faithful follower of jesus and still be a diehard
0: sports fan, uh, and just giving them ways to to do that. I you know football season is obviously pretty much upon us now. Is there is there more toxic fans in football than compared to other sports? Because I mean f- football is just so it's so competitive. It's so just brutal sometimes. <laughs> like how have you seen fans really come out? Uh, for football, especially as Christians. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, I mean, in my own life, I've had to, <clears throat> you know, repent of certain uh, yeah. <laughs> sinful tendencies in my sports fandom, yeah. um, which I think is just the the work of the Spirit in sanctifying us to uh, have us conform more to the image of the Son, uh, because sports are passionate, football especially, Uh, It's certainly where all the money is. Uh, In in college sports, it feels like football programs are deciding whether a school is going to leave a conference or not and doesn't even matter what the other sports consider. (laughs) It's wild. Um, So I think there's so much passion, and it's what do you do with that passion, especially as a Christian sports fan. And many times in my own life, I've noticed that passion can— can have uh, ugly side effects towards relationships towards priorities in life uh, and noticing those repenting of them, asking God by his grace to help me love what he loves more, uh, help me to uh, navigate being a sports fan, guiding my passion towards faithfulness rather than selfish ambition towards uh, potentially hurtfulness towards others. Um, It's... It can be difficult because, again, football is the kind of the microcosm of the passion of sports because it's so out there in your face. It's also a, a passionate sport for the athletes. It's violent, um, and if we're not careful, you know, pursuing our passion as sports fans can be, especially in relationships, just just detrimental. Uh, and just noticing that in my own life, wanting to to kind of guide and shepherd other sports fans towards faithfulness as a sports fan. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's really difficult sometimes when, I mean, we have sports all over us, all over our lives, whether it be on TV and social media. I mean, I see highlights every single day of baseball games, now football games starting back up. And it can be so consuming and really be an idol in your life. And how, in your opinion, how do you, Not let that become an idol and still, you know, prioritize that love for Jesus over that.
1: Yeah, I think certainly at the heart of it is just gospel, gospel, gospel. One of my mentors has just been really encouraging me to remember that preaching the gospel to someone is not just so that they would be saved, but it's also how you grow in Christ because we all wrestle with unbelief as a Christian. I think there's this fallacy that when you uh, are saved and you have come to Christ and now you're united to him, now I believe everything perfectly. Certainly you want to get right doctrine, but we all, we all have areas of unbelief that, that comes up. Uh, lack of belief on, am I really a son of God? Is my identity really a son of God? Lack in belief in God's goodness when difficult things in life happen. Uh, so there's all these these lack of beliefs, and it's important to to first preach the gospel to ourselves over and over and over again um, as the foundation to have any hope at, specifically in, in, in regards to sports fandom, to have any hope at being a sports fan that honors God in our sports fandom. We need to preach ourselves the gospel to continue to be sanctified. And just practically, at, Bryce and I ask ourselves this question all the time, and is if our team loses— Am I just a terrible person the rest of the week? Like if if my team loses, am I terrible, a terrible friend now? Are people people scared to talk to me? Oh, I'll give him three days. His team just lost. We never want that to be the case. Has that been the case? Of course it has. And we want to repent of that and ask God to to sanctify us in that area. But we if we start with the gospel and realize that we were enemies with God at one point. And now we have peace with God through his son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. If our team loses, it's fine. We can be passionate, but we don't want it to be crushing when our team loses or when our favorite player gets injured and it just destroys our day or our week. No, we, we were enemies with God. The wrath of God was on us. And yet Jesus laid down his life for us, rose from the dead and we are united to him through faith by grace. And if our team loses, knowing the gospel, now we can be okay. But if if our week, our day is riding on my team winning or losing, riding on if my favorite player has a good game, there may be elements of uh, not trusting the truth of the gospel or really not getting it in a certain area. Um, and boy, if I had to preach myself this over and over again.
0: Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I, I, I really love that you just mentioned like preaching the gospel to yourself every single day because, I mean, every you should be doing it every single play, every single quarter, every single inning. It does not matter because, I, I you get your heart ripped out over and over and over again in sports, and I don't know why I thought of this question, but. Do you think it's more difficult for a person to live out their faith in sports if their team is terrible, like if they're going zero and sixteen in the NFL, or if they're going sixteen and zero? Like, how? Which one do you think is more difficult? Because that's a that's an interesting question.
1: Yeah, that's it's a good question. I think of it from numerous angles, just core heart issues that we experience. Um, I think if if you're in a terrible team, it certainly is a quicker route to humility, uh, which humility is just such a prerequisite for submitting to God, because in our pride, we don't want God. Mm. And prior to being saved, we hated God, and we ran in the opposite direction. There's a a pastor that was saying, the only thing we brought to the table in salvation was running as far away from God as we could possibly run, and as fast as we could. That's what we brought to the table in salvation— um, so on a terrible team, there's certainly a, a, a more uh, quick route to humility. Um, whereas if you're on a really good team and I think of specifically just the the fear of man tendency we all have and wanting to want, people are loving you, they're praising you, you guys are so good. That feels really good. That feels so good to be built up like that. Um, because then when you lose, after being a great team, oh, it can be crushing if you've just been feeding that fear of man idolatry in your heart. Uh, So my initial answer is, I think it in some ways could be easier uh, in regards to fear of man to be on a bad team. But also if you're on a bad team, easy to point fingers. And now you have conflict and idolatry there and sin there. Uh, So I think regardless, following Jesus in sports— when it's so performance-driven and performance is just the antithesis to the gospel because Jesus performed on our behalf, there is nothing we brought to the table rather than, God, I believe, I trust, that's, that, that, that's the only thing uh, that we're called to do. Even Not even do, it's just trust that Jesus has done on our behalf. So any performance-driven industry is just, it can be really difficult.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, Romans 12, where it says like, you can't be conformed to this world. And you're supposed to, you know, not only preach the gospel to yourself every day, but be transformed by it every single day. And I think that's really important. You know, Matt, no matter if your team is going winless or lossless, I think it's, (laughs) that's really important to just not conform to those around you. And Luke, as fans watching sports, I feel like we, we hold athletes. To just like this, like Greek God status like they're they are above humanity a lot of the times, especially if they're on your fantasy league team. Uh, how? Why do you think we do this when we know it? Like when we know an athlete is just a person like us? Yeah, I think it just goes
1: back to Romans one, talking Paul talking about exchanging, uh, basically worshiping creatures instead of the Creator. Which is just something we always do, uh, and I think athletes and these—I mean, basically—we view them as superhumans. Like you were saying, like it's an—in a sense, it's worship. It's idol worship. It's worshiping God's creation rather than God, who is Creator. Um, because these these athletes, we we turn them into superhumans. Which then the other side of that is somehow we're less than human potentially, which is also just doesn't give dignity to the image of God we all have. But I just, we, every human everywhere is tempted to worship creature creation rather than creator. We make that exchange all the time, even as followers of Jesus, noticing idolatry. I mean, John Calvin talked about the human heart is an idol factory, which is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. and. Noticing those, repenting of those is a, a lifelong process of sanctification. So I think it really just comes back to Romans 1. Is just is That's the tendency of every human everywhere, all time, constantly exchanging the glory of God for his creation. And what better way to do that than these guys and gals who are on TV, they're in the public square, they're doing amazing things, but they're still creatures, and just like you and me but it can be difficult to remember that with them doing things we can never do physically.
0: Yeah. I, I talked to this, uh, he was a track athlete from Kenya a couple of weeks ago. He, I asked him like, you know, is it more difficult for you to share the gospel as a professional athlete? And he was like, no, it's actually really easier because people come to me and they're like, you know, can I have help training? Can I, you know, fill in the blank. But He was like, it's so much easier because people are always coming to me. They're always attracted to me because I have that status. And I think as an athlete or as a fan, we need to keep that in the back of our mind. Like Mm -hmm. sports is a great ministry for the gospel. And I, I think that's really important to just remind ourselves of that every single day. But Luke, one thing that's really prevalent in sports right now is gambling and NIL and so much money going into sports nowadays. What do you think about about all of these issues, and how how do you navigate this as a Christian in sports?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's almost hilarious all the just the implications of college sports. I mean, geography has no bearing on <laughs> conference alignment now, which is yeah. I mean, it's just so fascinating. Like a West Coast team, like UCLA is going to go have to play Rutgers on a Tuesday night. I, I think what we're forgetting that is everything's football focused and oh yes look at these ucla is not going to be in the big 10 but what about the the ucla uh women's w- volleyball women's team that's going to yeah. have to go to rutgers yeah. <laughs> on a tuesday night and then miss a whole week of class like this is this is a big Ugh. deal um and you know i'm a huge college sports fan uh there's in in many ways i prefer college sports uh, over professional sports and the product, huge college basketball junkie, and selfishly, I'm just nervous at what college sports is going to turn into because I just love the product. I always have. Um, I think players having opportunities to make money off their influence is is fantastic, um, and I certainly plead ignorance on the ins and outs of NIL, how that works, the implications of that, how to regulate it. No idea. Um, I just am nervous for the product, what that looks like while also upholding, I think it's great. These athletes have opportunities to benefit, uh, from their influence. I think, I think that's fantastic. Uh, now gambling's a, a ginormous issue, um, because at the root of a lot of gambling is just the blatant love of money which scripture warns us about in numerous areas, you know, 1 Timothy 6, for example, you know, the love of money should be repented of and it can lead to grave sin and cutting corners to make more money, ruining relationships to make more money, uh, just leaving a wake of damage all in the pursuit of loving money. And I, it's difficult, I think, to to gamble often, and to not have a love of money that is is really towing the line on launching into a lot of sin. Um, so and even if you're gambling with not the love of money, is that potential is that the best way to steward the money that God's given you? I don't know. So I just think gambling at the root of it is the love of money, which Christians should be, I mean should be repenting of, and even if you're not gambling, the love of money comes up in our hearts all the time. um, so that's why I would just I would just push back on gambling in the sense that what's what's the what's the root of gambling? Why are people gambling? well, love of money almost always, which Christians should be aware of
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a interesting subject because you know there are so many implications when athletes are getting paid maybe millions of dollars. And people are gambling on those athletes and having those connections or ties with these athletes. And it really, it really creates a lot of just drama and unnecessary problems.
1: Well, and even there's a recent uh, professional golf tournament, Max Homa was saying that guys were making bets during, during his putting stroke, he was hearing chatter and getting booed. And it's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now this is infringing on the product, on the actual uh, performance of athletes real time, uh, which is, which again is the love of money causes us to do crazy things at all costs. I need another dollar. And of course there's never enough. But again, in this, we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. It always comes back to where, what about the gospel we're not believing do we really believe that we have been given everything in Christ? Because if we do, that works against the love of money and trying to get more. Uh, and again, imperfectly. Uh, we'll never arrive fully on this side of heaven. Um, but there's there's what element of the gospel are we, are we lacking trust in or do we have some unbelief in? Because again, if we're chasing money, like, no, no, we've been given everything in Christ. Do I really believe that? Do I really trust that? God's given me everything in the Son. I'm united to Him. I'm co-heirs with Christ. That's true, and that has implications for how we live once we believe that. Um, it's We have to first know and believe, what is my identity? What has God made my identity? Now how do I live because of that? And what are areas there's unbelief about that identity that's causing me to pursue sin? And that's a daily sometimes hourly on difficult days uh, thought process.
0: Yeah, for for sure. Uh, What advice would you give to those athletes that have those NIL deals? They might might be bordering that line of idolizing that money. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, practically,
1: know that it's not your money. No matter how much a company, a booster, tells you, you earned this this is yours. You deserve this. I want to give you everything. Who really is sovereign? Who really is control, is in control? Who really grants us opportunities to influence? It's God. Even, I mean, it's the same principle for the, the average, the normal nine to five worker who goes and gets their paycheck. Whose money really is that? It's not the person who earned it, it's God who it's God's money who He is sovereign over. He is is asking us and many times and giving us the grace to steward this money. So whether it's NIL and you're making a ton of money, or you have an hourly job, it's never your money in the first place. Who are we to think, you know, I, I really did earn this? No, if you really want to take a step back and realize. How am I even in this opportunity? Like for these athletes, they've had to work hard, but they've also been blessed with just physical giftings to perform at a high level. What on earth did they do to earn those physical giftings? (laughs) It was just granted to them at birth. Yeah. In the womb. So if we really want to take a step back and realize it was never me, I never earned any of this in the grand scheme of things. Now... Okay, now I can be generous. And if I know God's been generous with me in Christ, he's given me everything, who am I to hold on to money and all for myself and pursue a certain lifestyle? If I've been blessed to be give, to be given a lot of money, how much how amazing it is to be able to store that and then be generous to others. So, just more opportunities for generosity and again it's just an opportunity to remember the truth of the gospel in that.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think a lot of athletes now, a lot of college athletes, are really giving back with that money, and mm-hmm. they should be able to make their make money off their name, image, and likeness. That's that's a, a huge thing, and they don't have to. Like Bryce Young was Door Dashing mm-hmm. during his junior year of college. Like what is what is that about? <laughs> He's the number one player in the <laughs> nation. Come on, but yeah. but yeah, it's really that's a really good point. But Luke, I, I really can't thank you enough for joining me today. It was great talking with you. Cool. Thanks, Ken. Really enjoyed it. All right. Well, for all of our listeners out there, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means so much to me and so much to us uh, more than you may know. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you. and He's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.